the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's Arthur Idala on AM 970. The answer. This is the Arthur Idala Power Hour with quintessential New Yorker attorney Arthur Idala, New York's go-to lawyer. He's here to share his stories from in the courtroom and around the city with interviews from high-profile guests and everyday folks calling in to talk about everything from politics, lifestyle, health and wellness, and more. And now your host, making the case for the city he loves, attorney Arthur Idala. City on a Thursday night, and I guess it's typically, I guess you can consider, consider this the beginning of Halloween weekend. Um, you know, I'm not a huge Halloween guy, but uh, I, I have no choice but to embrace it because there's so many things I get invited to, like tonight at the Friars Club. It's a great Gatsby Halloween party. What exactly is a great Gatsby Halloween party? I'm not sure, but I'll find, I guess women are like dress up like flappers. Yes, flappers. <clears throat> I'm not wearing a tuxedo, but I, I do have, like, a funky, like, white double-breasted um, jacket. Caught a little bit of a, a cold, maybe, from, you know, hanging around with all these kids' places this past weekend with little Arthur celebrating his birthday. But nothing nothing bad. No COVID-related. Dr. Lawrence yesterday was all scared with the tri—what do you call it, Joan? The trifecta? Tridemic. Tridemic, yeah. <clears throat> the triple-demic, yeah. Oh, none of that. I'm eschewing that. Um <laughs> I was very fortunate today to attend the Police Athletic League uh, legal lunch where they honored, it was like an all-woman event. The two chairs of the event were two prestigious attorneys. The two recipients were two prestigious attorneys. There was the the District Attorney of Brooklyn, the District Attorney of the Bronx, the District Attorney of Queens were all in attendance. I got to chit-chat with all of them about, you know what, crime. I mean, again, I sound like a broken record, but we may not be getting to where we want to get to, but it's not like people don't know what the issue is and that people are trying to work on it. <clears throat> All three district attorneys were at the um, the summit, as they call it, at Gracie Mansion. And um, <clears throat> one of them said that, to me personally, that it was very focused on money. Well, we need more money for this and we need more money for that. Um and her response to me was, you know, I don't think it's just about money. I think it's got to do about policies. I think it's got to do about priorities within uh, each respective office. Because, look, every borough has its own specific problems. Um, I don't think crime is as bad in Queens uh, as it is in Brooklyn. Now, I may be wrong about that. Maybe there's more crime in Brooklyn but per capita, it equals out because there are more people in Brooklyn than there are in Queens. Um, I know that there was a big, big um, breakthrough today in the world of rats. 
R-A-T-S. Now, not the, the, the derogatory word when someone cooperates with the government and they call him or her a rat, but the actual vermin that run around the city of New York. Um, I think the city council passed three bills having to do with when you can take your garbage out, <clears throat> having to do with the fact that when you um, when you want to put a building up or do major construction in the city, you need to have an exterminator on site or, or have some sort of exterminator sign off to um, about rats. And I forget what the third one is. <clears throat> they don't know if they're going to. How much of a difference is it going to make? Oh, I think something that the the uh, Department of Health has to be held accountable now on <laughs> how how many rats they're going to do a rat head count, uh, an annual rat head count. Um, some of the reasons, some by to, to give you guys a little inside baseball, why I don't know some things is that a lot of this stuff is on my phone, right? My and phone. as soon as the show starts, Joan takes my phone. So that she could do Facebook Live of my phone. So, you know, Frank from Staten Island, he sits there with his laptop and he's cranking, you know, information out. My device that I use to crank information out has been is taken from me. You know, what can I tell you? The bill requiring that the health department report annually on rat migration. Oh, no, rat mitigation progress passed unanimously. So, but part of that, I think, has to do with... Yeah, it's basically getting the Department of Health more involved, um, getting the, 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 the sanitation aspect to this. Um, and, you know, when they, the first nine months of 2022, the city fielded almost 21,600 rat com- complaints. It's a tally that's 71% higher than the count reported at the same point in 2020. 71% higher. <clears throat> that's not like a rounding error. I mean, so clearly there are issues with rats in the city. Um, you know, it depends where you live. I know where Johnny Beach is uh, in Mulberry Street. I've said this on the show before. You know, he hears people screaming at 11 o'clock at night, and that's, thank God it's not because of crime. It's because of rats. Um, and when Eric Adams was on the show, you know, he said as a police officer, he learned uh, a lot about rats, and he hates rats. Um <clears throat> I don't know if rats are the biggest issue in the city. We're going to have um, two guests on. One of them has to do with economy and, and shipping and and what's coming into the uh, the city. I'll tell you why I asked for someone to come on and talk about that is that when I was taking Luca to school, um, we passed somewhere on the Bell Parkway, and you could see the ships, right? And there's the ships with all the containers on them. But you could also see there's the demarcation on the ship itself, whether it's heavily weighted. So there's like the orange part. And when the orange part disappears and it's only black, the side of the ship, that means it's it's got a full load and it's all the way, you know, it's the, the ship itself is weighed down. And a lot of the ships that I'm seeing in the narrows all are orange, which means that they have the containers on them. But the containers either contain like, you know, they're all loaded up with my pillows or they're not full. So we have uh, someone coming on to talk about that and some shipping. And I just felt a little obligated to talk about um, some national politics. Let's face it, we're in the home stretch of the midterm elections. Um, we're in the home tr- stretch of the elections here in the state of New York. So um, we're going to do a little bit of that in the next um, hour as well. 
or within the next hour, I should say. Um, I do want us to compliment once again the Police Athletic League. Um, they had one of their recipients, a young woman named Jasmine, who, you know, she basically gave a little speech about how the PAL saved her life. Fantastic. I mean, this young woman, fantastic. African-American woman. She's been studying all over the world, Munich, Germany, Iceland, uh, some more places than I can think of. Um, the way she conducted herself, the way she carried herself. I would have I bring her in here to, to run the law firm tomorrow. Uh, and she was just, you know, an example. The PAL lunch is not an inexpensive meal. Um, it, the purpose of it is to raise money for the Police Athletic League and all of their various programs. Um, and she was just an example of the good that the Police Athletic League can do. They hand out what's called the Robert Morgenthau Award, named after the former, now it's two former. Um, so there's Morgenthau Vance and Alan Bragg, Alvin Bragg. Um, so they handed out those awards. But the big announcement for me was they announced that there is a new president going of uh, the Police Athletic League, and his name is Bart Schwartz, and he was very, very close with Rudolph Giuliani, and um, he's a very, very, very competent man. And I'm harping on this because when I was chatting with my dad yesterday about crime and crime and crime, the current crime, and what do we do about the current crime, he said what many others have said, which is, yes, we have to deal with the crime now, but we have to talk about preventing the crime at its, at its inception. And that has to do with education, and that has to do with institutions like the Police Athletic League, like pulling kids from the wrong road onto the right road. And institutions like the Police Athletic League are just one uh, one example of what needs to be done to help these kids, because sadly, a lot of these kids who commit crimes, and I'm not talking like a bleeding heart, but if you really look at their background, they never had a shot. They never had a shot. They didn't grow up with four grandparents like I did who were you know, looking after them. And they didn't grow up with parents like I did. They grew up in the streets. You know, I was fortunate enough to be on the team that tried the first murder in the first degree case in the state of New York. That meant it was a young man who killed somebody, executed somebody during a robbery. It was, it was eligible for the death penalty when the death penalty had just come in under George Pataki's reign as the, the governor. And we voted, I shouldn't say I voted, but it was, I just carried out their vote. But District Attorney Hines and his team voted not to ask for the death penalty. Because when you looked at this young man who committed the execution, he didn't have a shot in life. I mean, his, he literally was growing up in the tunnels of the subway. He was, you know, trained to be violent. That's how he existed. That's how he survived. So um, if we start early, whether it's, Pre-K, 3K, PAL, those kinds of programs. Maybe 16, 18, 20 years from now, there'll be no crime or a lot less crime. I don't know. I'm just trying to focus on the positive today on a Thursday night here in New York City. We got two great guests coming up. Then we'll have some fun at the end of the hour. Don't go anywhere. (laughs) So as I cough my brains out. A pain in the neck, these calls. Like, see, here's what happens before we talk about Connors and Sullivan. Take these kids to these, like, big, like, jumping joint places, tambor, you know, trampoline places and climbing places. It's just, like, kids everywhere, like, sneezing and coughing, and it's inevitable you get a little bug. So, sorry about that, folks. Um, 
I did go to the doctor today, and um, the doctor said that for right now, I'm in good shape. That's good news, especially for those of you who like to listen to the Idala Power Hour. Looks like Idala's going to be here for a little while. Um, but that does not mean I should not plan for the future, whether it's me getting sick or whether it's me not being here anymore. And the people who are best available here to serve you in that capacity are the lawyers at Connors and Sullivan. They're talking about wills and trusts and power of attorneys and healthcare proxies and living wills and estate planning. The goal of Connors and Sullivan is to protect your rights and your interests and those of the, those you leave behind. And you're not here. It's to protect the rights of of your heirs. They've been doing this for 40 years. They've been helping a ton of people, and you can visit them for a no obligation free consultation just call Connors and Sullivan today to schedule a free in-person initial consultation with an attorney at any of their convenient locations in Brooklyn Manhattan Queens or Staten Island call 718-238-6500 that's 718-238-6500 or visit their website at connorsandsullivan.com and remember the biggest mistake when it comes to estate planning is not planning at all Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Mitsubishi dreamers, designers, and engineers are redefining choices in mobility for a whole new generation of independent, modern, and savvy consumers who want value, like the new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander featuring its industry-leading Mitsubishi 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today, freeholdmitsubishi.com, or call 732-863-27. Eight eight, and Freehold Mitsubishi, owned by the Esposito family, a great Italian American family. Well, you want to hear about great Italian Americans for over seventy five years? The Columbus Citizens Foundation has promoted Italian American culture and heritage, and has provided thousands of scholarships to Italian American students who have the academic ability to strive for greatness, but they find themselves in need of some financial aid for their education. It is no exaggeration to state that the scholarship program provided by the Columbus Citizens Foundation has literally changed the lives of students for generations. But the Columbus Citizens Foundation can't do it alone. They need our help. To find out how we can help them, go to www.columbuscitizens.org and you'll learn more about the various scholarships programs offered by the foundation. You can help make a difference in someone's life today. Visit www.columbuscitizens.org. The Columbus Citizens Foundation, which brings us the Columbus Day Parade to New York City every year, they work hand-in-hand with these students to make sure they achieve the, the their ultimate full potential. I've seen it with my own eyes. They didn't have to give me any money, luckily, but I've seen many of the students. The way I spoke about the young woman that the PAL helped, I've seen the students that the Columbus Citizens Foundation helped. This is, we're winding down Italian American Heritage Month, but that does not mean you should not go to www.columbuscitizens.org and make a donation today. Oh, 
right, so Alex, I would like to know what made you pick that Eminem song for this particular segment. What made me pick that song? Well, to be honest, that's a Sam Bolino suggestion. So, uh, okay, let's, let's. so let's throw Matty Boy, who's not here. It's we gotta have a name for Thursday when he's not here. Well, whatever. Uh, well, I don't know. The, 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 Sam Sambolino list Thursday. I don't know. We got to come up with Thank something. Thursday. That was kind well, of Alex. Thank you for being here. Do we have our next guest on the line there? You know Alex? what? We're trying to get Larry Clayman on right now, but we don't at the moment. I will say this though: a rat did run past me on the subway at three in the morning today, so that was fun. Well, okay, are you allowed to talk about why you were out at three in the morning? Uh, I was coming in to do Joe Piscopo, so I've been here for about twelve hours or so. And Whoa, that's now. Did you hit him with your, your cane there, or would you just, just let him run by you? How, I let him run work? by me. I was just like, I'm not going to mess with you, so I let him go. <clears throat> All right. And was it a big rat, a little rat? Did you name the rat? It was a rat? littler one. I mean, I've <clears throat> dealt with bigger ones before on other subway stations. It's a mess. It is a mess. So we'll see what they do with that. I will continue calling Listen, there's always well. there's always been rats on the subways. When, we, I, ever, when I was a kid, you always saw little rats running on the subway. It's the streets. Look, they. If you look at the, all these articles right now about rats, I can't believe I'm talking about rats so much. But if you look at the article right now about the city council bill, they give all these different reasons for rats, including like global warming. That because it gets warmer earlier in the year and later in the year, it gives them more time to mate and breed. So that's why there's more rats. Obviously, you can blame everything on COVID nowadays. So because of the outdoor dining. They, that creates rats, and they're saying, you know, the way we throw our garbage out is not the right way anymore. Um, I will say that at the Idala household, we do have garbage pails with covers on them, um, but we kind of need to because we live in the quote unquote suburbs of Bay Ridge where um, we have, we don't have rats. Well, we probably do, but we don't see rats. But what you do see, you see raccoons for real, like often, not not like often, often, like maybe once a month. You see possums, and um, for the first time ever in my 54 years in the hood, um, I saw a skunk. I hope Mary has not listened. She'll freak out. <clears throat> it was right by our front door in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. There was a black skunk with a big white stripe, and I'm like, oh, boy, this is going to be interesting. But obviously, they're pretty afraid of us. So as I got closer, it scurried away, and that's what you needed to do. But... um I am, you know, I'm going to talk for a moment about the city council in general, because I took a look at the city council and, and what it's made up of. And, you know, we made a decision here. I forget if it was a referendum or not, but city council people can no longer have outside income. <clears throat> um, I believe their salary is 125. Maybe it's a little bit more than that. It is very hard to uh, raise a family if you're a family person on that amount of money. Um, it's not impossible, but it's difficult. But for many, many, for, for the majority of years the city council existed, um, <clears throat> it was a part-time position. Sal Albanese was the one who in the 80s said, I'm going to be the full-time councilman. I'm going to be the full-time councilman. He was one of the first people, I think it was 1982. I'm not, I'm not going to make this a part-time the position I'm going to make this a full time position, and okay, that's fine. <clears throat> what Sal wound up doing was then going to law school while while he was a city councilman. Um, 
and I believe quietly, you know, was starting to practice law. I'm not sure if he did or not when he was in the council, but city council people were quite often uh, lawyers and they had law practices and um, they I'm trying to do this without sounding like a cocky, arrogant jerk. But like when you're a lawyer, you know, you've gone through college, you know, you've gone through law school, you know, you've learned a lot about how to be an analytical person, how to issue spot. You learn how to um, solve disputes and problems and negotiate. Those are pretty good skills for a legislature to have a legislator to have Um, since they've now lowered the, the, the salary requirement or possibilities. If you look at the caliber of this average city council person now, it's mostly it's many young people who don't have the life experience. I'm not trying to be an ageist here. Um, you know, Mark Zuckerberg did something great at a very young age. But in general, I don't think the caliber of individuals on the city council of New York City is what is what it should be. And I'm not there are exceptions to every rule. There are exceptions to some of those rules. I'm not going to name names, but the, the couple of people I have a lot of respect for who are currently on the city council. But in general, um, I don't think we're attracting the be- the best and the brightest to the city council. Now, when there were no income gaps and collapses and, and you could make as much as you want and work whenever you needed to, I'm sure there were people who were abusing the system. Um, I'm positive of it. But overall, most of the people, I'll highlight a few people, Dominic Emrecchia Jr., uh, Lou Fiddler. Um, <clears throat> oh, now I'm seeing names, but I, I'm forgetting names. Herbie Berman. These are people who, they took their jobs very, very seriously as city council people. But they were also, you know, earning a living so that they could put three daughters through private school and high school and private and then you'll be saving up for college and living in a, in a, in a house that, you know, they were comfortable in councilman Reckia did that beautifully masterfully. So did Lou Fiddler. Well, Lou Fiddler worked his tail off and uh, took care of his kids, took care of his family. He worked his tail off as a councilman, but you know, I think if you're an efficient worker, you could do what needs to be done and achieved in a great way in the New York City Council. And then at four o'clock in the afternoon, you could go back to your office and stay there until eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night. I could tell you, I mean, I don't know if Dominic's going to kill me for bragging about him like this, but Councilman Recchi, when we had cases together, when he was in the council, he's like, Artie, meet me at my house, meet me at the office at eight o'clock, meet me at my office at nine o'clock at night. Um, and he'd been in the, the council doing hearings and stuff in the morning. You know, we have we have dumbed down. First of all, we've, we've just put such a ceiling. So yesterday, I'm, I'm at this lunch with my dad and, and uh, his buddy from law school and, and his son. And, we, you know, we're talking about public service. And, yes, public service is great. And there's, you know, there needs to be there, – there's obviously a financial aspect to it that, you know, you're never going to get rich doing public service. But you should be able to survive doing public service, even like police officers. I mean – Look, if I was in charge of things, I would raise the salary of a police officer, but I would also raise maybe the standards. So, yeah, you're a police officer. The city's going to pay you $150,000, but maybe you need, you know, a full college education because police officers are thrown into, 
very serious situations. Now, I, I don't want you to think that I'm in the impression that a college education is the be-all, end-all. Um, but it often helps. I mean, you know, I, it's it's meant to help. It's meant to, I think, expand your brain, uh, give you more life experience, and and look, don't let history repeat itself. I think that was a song by the Wooden Tops, and um, it's, uh, you know, the bottom line is that we're under the impression the more educated we are, the the better we are as individuals. Uh, that's what we strive for. Again, there are plenty of exceptions to the rule. My nephew tells me, it was the head of Microsoft or someone didn't graduate college. So, um, but I just think when I read about the city council people, I go online, I look at their bios and their backgrounds. It's not what it used to be. And I'm not trying to glamorize the good old days, so to speak. But, and I'm not talking about days that were that long ago. But, you know, the best and the brightest can't be best. The best and the brightest can't go into public service when the financial aspect of it is it's just prohibitive. It's just prohibitive. Um, you know, I was just teasing my wife when we heard that Frank Caron was stepping down as the chief of staff to the mayor of the city of New York. Marianne didn't hesitate. She's like, you should take that job. She's like, you'd be great at it. Now, first of all, that's a beautiful compliment coming from maybe the most important, if not the most important person in my life. You know, I, I don't want to sound like a jerk, but like we, I, we couldn't maintain the lifestyle we have now on, on that salary. And that's okay for me. But, uh, you know, again, I know we're trying to limit people's work and outside work because of corruption, right? We're afraid of corruption. So there's almost a built-in thing like we're assuming that if someone is able to have two jobs, there's going to be some corruption involved. There was no corruption with the majority of people. There's always going to be some jerks, some people who are morally corrupt in any environment, even in the current city council I'm sure if you dug, I'm sure if you dug deep enough, you're going to find that people did things or doing things that they shouldn't be doing. But I definitely think we should figure out a way to relook the requirements or the lack thereof or whatever. I mean, these ceilings that they're putting on who's who can hold elected office from a financial position, because what's going on right now, I don't think is working. been talking about rhino shield for all these months bragging about it as a as a current user of the product and uh one of my friends and, and you know we've been talking about it if if it's you own a condo or a multifamily house and one of my friends called me and asked me to find out from susan which i will do whether they have an interior product whether there's something that they could use inside an apartment or apartment building especially if you're a landlord and, you know, you have apartments where maybe, you know, there's some turnover or you want to have the soundproofing aspect of it and the insulating aspect of it. So I will report back 
on whether Rhino Shield offers any interior products. Because as we know, Rhino Shield is that ceramic coating that is sprayed onto your home. It looks just like paint, but it's 10 times thicker. And for those of you who are uh, uh, homeowners, it gives you a 25-year transferable warranty. That means if there's any peeling, chipping, cracking, mold, or mildew, for the next 25 years, you're covered. When was the last time someone gave you a 25-year warranty on anything? It's not on a car, I can tell you that. Um, I don't think on my roof either. So, and and but someone asked me, well, you know, because people actually listen and they say, well, how, how do I know Ronald she'll be around in 25 years? They've been around for over 25 years now. So let's just be positive and, and accentuate the positive that they're going to keep on going. Um as we know, Rhino Shield lowers your energy costs, holding the hot air in in the wintertime and the cool air in in the summertime. And Susan now is offering a no payments, no interest financing for one year. No payments, no interest financing for one year. That along with the strongest discount yet, 20% off for anyone who requests a free quote by October 31st, Halloween. Call today, lock in your 20% discount at 877-744-6608. That's 877-744-6608. Or go to rhinoshieldofnewyork.com. Listen to us online at am970theanswer.com. Tune in, iHeart, Alexa, or odyssey.com. Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey, is proud to be an automotive leader in our area and sponsor of the Arthur Idala Power Hour. Driving ambition for 40 years in the United States, Mitsubishi Motors sees the automotive industry differently. Mitsubishi challenges convention with innovative approaches in the way Mitsubishi engineers and builds their vehicles. Just look at the all-new redesigned 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Now in stock in all trim levels and all with a flexibility of third-row seating. Visit Freehold Mitsubishi today. FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-277. So we've been talking about all of these Italian-American institutions like Freehold uh, Mitsubishi with with the Esposito family, and we were talking about the Columbus Citizens Foundation, Italian-American Heritage Month. Well, let's talk about another uh, Italian-American-owned operation, a great, great institution for over 35 years. The Faccia Bennett family has been providing insurance advice to businesses and individuals in New York and the New Jersey area. Their consultative approach has endeared their clients to them, evidenced by continued renewals of their policies year after year. J.A. Faccia Bennett Insurance Associates, their personal insurance team can design a bundled insurance program to cover your home and your car and valuable items that you have, like let's say a watch or some jewelry. This approach can save you over 15%. Their business team will become your trusted advisor. They will help you build the insurance program that's right for your business. J.A. Fachabeni Insurance Associates believe you should never be surprised at a time of loss and all claims should be settled quickly and fairly. So, folks, listen to me. Arthur Idala. If you're looking for an insurance advocate to be your voice, call Joe Fachabeni directly today at 800 800- That's 800-937-5515. The Faccia Benny would also like to thank all of us here at AM970 for their support of Italian American Heritage Month and our support of the Columbus Citizens Foundation. We're back to the Arthur Idala Power Hour with New York City's preeminent trial attorney and quintessential New Yorker, attorney Arthur Idala. 
All right, we are back live here on 45th and 5th. I think some of uh, my friends from the Brooklyn DA's office are across the street at the uh, Marlin Bar at the Tommy Hilfiger store. Um, I'm going to leave here and swap out some clothes, and I don't know, it's a... What, what, oh, what kind of party is it again? Gatsby. A Gatsby party, Gatsby. right. So I have a white hat, and I have a white jacket, and I think I bought blue slacks. I don't know. I'm going to look like I'm going on a boat, but it's, you know, I, as I mentioned, I'm not a big Halloween guy. We'll talk tomorrow about tomorrow night's event, the Christian J. Santo Legacy uh, uh, Halloween event. Um, before I bring on my next guest, which I'm so happy that Joan found, because I want to talk about shipping and what that indicates regarding the economy. Let me just clarify what I was just trying to say so inartfully, because let's be honest, we're honest on the radio. I was supposed to have a guest on, and we were supposed to be talking with him about the elections and the elections around the, the, the state um, and around the, the nation. But it's okay. It, someone, something happened, and they didn't call in. So I went on this little... And I just went you on this carried it well, though, Arthur. All right, you carried well, it well. Well, but it's so. it's been something on my mind. I actually wanted to do that segment with a little more research. I did. I was told that an average city council person makes one hundred forty eight thousand dollars. Which, look, I know that's a lot of money. I'm not minimizing that, but I don't understand why, for for decades, you were also allowed to have other income. In other words, I believe the rules right now are if uh, on the weekends. You want to uh, be the umpire at a baseball game uh, and make whatever it is, $75 an hour. I don't think you're allowed to do that. Um, I think that you, you can't have any outside income. And that really limits the people who can participate. If you, I, Again, I, I, I'll clarify it tomorrow if I'm wrong. If you don't hear anything, then I'm not wrong. But I think if you want to DJ on Saturday nights for, for a kid's party or a wedding, and you're going to make whatever you make as a DJ for a wedding, 1500 bucks, 2500 bucks. I don't think you're allowed to do that. And it really does limit the the people who can be part of this the New York City Council. So I don't uh, I I disagree with it. There are rules about or revolve around Congress as well. And what you do when you do all of this is you take the best and the brightest that are maybe in in the private sector, um, and unless they're billionaires like a Bloomberg, they're like, you know, why should I, number one, give up the financial comforts of life to then take a job where basically, let's face it, the media is just going to beat the heck out of you, right? Eric Adams comes in, I mean, look at all everyone, every, every, everyone, every office, Schumer, everyone, he's a schmuck, he's this, I mean, everyone, that's, I mean, that's the, it's like a sport to beat up on, on politicians. So if you're not going to get the financial benefit, if you're going to have your whole family sacrifice um, financially, then like, why do it? I mean, yes, I know you want to, you want to be this selfless person to help society, but let's face it, uh, what is the expression? Charity starts at home and you want to help the, your loved ones if you're the head of the household, uh, especially the financial head of the household. And why do you want your kids who, if if you have an, a pretty good reputation, why do you want your kids to now be Googling you and look reading all these editorials or all these articles calling you a schmuck? So my overall message is I think overall, slowly, we need to change the political system in a way that is more enticing for people in the private sector to be involved in some capacity and that 
everyone doesn't view politicians as big jerks because that seems to be what goes on here that I what I see here in New York. It may be different in Kansas. It may be different in Michigan. But here in New York City, um, I don't think politicians uh, carry a huge degree of respect. And um, I know they don't carry a huge pocketbook. So, like, why do it? There doesn't there don't seem to be a lot of benefits except maybe your ego, <clears throat> unless you really are like Mother Teresa and you're looking at the bigger picture more than that of your own family. Um, let us talk about Sal. I mean, if we're going to go with the Italian theme, we might as well go all the way through. Salvatore Steely II. Hello, Salvatore. It's Arturo Aydala. How are you? Hey, good evening. How are you? Good. Um, so, Sal, I, I live right by Bay Ridge. Uh, I'm living in Bay Ridge, right by the water. And I yep. get to see these huge you know, shipping trucks, right, with all the the containers on top. And, you know, there's like that orange line on the tr- on the ship itself, which shows you whether it's you know, how heavily the ship is weighted, weighted down. Right. And I've been seeing all of these ships, and um, they don't look like they got a lot of stuff on them. So this is your world. This is your industry. This is what you do, Alba Wheels Up International. Um, tell us what's going on with shipments. Well, shipments, you know, you had a lot of preloading before the uh, the summer, or an early summer for the holiday season, which traditionally comes in uh, to the U.S. around August, uh, the end of the summer. But a lot of the retailers and importers were concerned that there was going to be um, labor disruptions. You hear about the strike possibly in uh, L.A. You hear about the rail strikes, which were supposedly averted, but they're actually not averted. So there's going to be a vote uh, mid November to see if the uh, rail unions are going to actually uh, go on strike. So there are a lot of things in the mix. But basically, um, especially with the economy, a lot of uh, consumers aren't spending as they did, even though you're going to see in the uh, papers that, oh, consumers are still stable. That's only because they want to get good deals that these retailers are dumping goods and uh, people are trying to get inventory that they had excess of. But come first quarter, uh, my prediction is we're in the recession. And if it feels like a recession, you're in a recession. I don't know how you can label it anything else. All right. So, Sal, your your um, job there is, or your career is you're, you're involved with international shipping and custom clearance, correct? Correct. So we're bringing in uh, many different verticals from consumer goods to agriculture to food to chemicals. So I see the spectrum. And because of, uh, you know, my position – I see the purchase orders months and months out, six months from now, of what the import is going to start to bring in. So I really have uh, kind of like a telescope of what the future is bringing, and it ain't a lot of goods. I can tell you that. So you just predicted a recession. When are you saying it? In the beginning of 2023? First, first quarter. First, I think there's going to be a recession first quarter. I think the consumers are spending their money now. There's more credit card debt. Uh, you know, you, you have prices increasing, butter's up 23%, everything is up. So uh, even if you're spending less, you're still spending more, if you know what I'm saying. What kind of agriculture are you shipping back and forth? Well, we, we bring in grains, we bring in fertilizer, we bring in uh, foods, we bring in uh, all different things. And you, uh, you ever have any uh, automobiles on those big, in those big ships? We typically we typically stay away from the automobiles. We're more in, uh, you know, more industrial uh, consumer goods, but not really the uh, automobiles per se. 
And let's talk about customs a little bit. So you, because yep. you, you're involved in getting things through customs, correct? Correct. So tell tell our listeners how that works the, from a logistical point of view. Well, well, basically, uh, importers typically uh, hire a customs broker, which is a private company. However, we're federally licensed by the Treasury Department to act on their behalf to ascertain over 25,000 different types of harmonized numbers, which are tariff numbers, with the applicable rates of duty, as well as making sure that they're in compliance with other government agencies, such as EPA, FDA, FCC. So they're really uh, hiring us uh, for our expertise, kind of like a accountant would do for a company or an individual, but really through customs to make sure that the goods could come into the commerce of the U.S., compliantly and efficiently and is is it efficient you just you use the word the customs process is far more efficient than the uh, transportation process with the bottlenecks but it depends on one thing if for the sake of discussion you're bringing in uh, apparel from china and Customs and uh, the U.S. is very concentrated on forced labor, making sure that a factory is not forced labor, bringing those goods in. If you don't have proper documentation and if you don't make sure you dot every I, you could have a shipment that will not be allowed into the country and send it back. So you really have to make sure that you're very fastidious in your documentation, know what you do, and hence that's why you hire a good, reputable customs broker. Now, when you say... You, you you send it back. So let's just say there's a ship coming in from China. We say right. we're not accepting it. Does it just you know head south? And, well, it would know, be a ship in Brazil. A container. A container. Well, well, let's do let's do a hypothetical. Say you're in a major apparel company, okay? And say you're bringing in goods from China, and you have uh, five containers of uh, shirts and pants, and say that these are um, possibly made in a factory that is on the do not enter list, let's call it. If you do not have the proper documentation showing this is not one of those factories, i.e. forced labor, then customs will hold the shipment, and you have two choices. Petition and cite it out, proving, which will take probably six months, destroy the goods, or re-export them back to China. But that, so my question is, do they have to go back to China, or can they then send them to Brazil? Or Argentina, or somewhere else. You could send. You could. You could. As long as they, you could re-export them to another country, whether it be Brazil or as long as it doesn't enter the uh, commerce of the U.S. And uh, but these containers are on ships. Yes. Okay. Is there any real import export that goes through the air in bulk? Oh, tremendous amount. Um, look at all the uh, test kits that were coming in for COVID and the PP. Uh, e uh, protection gear, or well, a lot of that was coming in by the aircraft. There were there were plane loads full of uh, these type of items, so a tremendous amount of uh, goods. Probably, I believe it's thirty uh, percent of the value of all goods go by air. And the other seventy percent, ocean, um, probably uh, truck through the borders of Canada, Mexico. But air is a you know a very strong uh, um, transportation um, utilized tool. A container that leaves China on a ship, how long does it take to get into New York? Yeah, probably about 30-some-odd days. And you talked about but a bottleneck. Where Where is the bottleneck? The bottleneck is the terminals where they have to unload the vessels, process, have the trucks pick up the 
containers and a big issue right now that a lot of the, uh, especially in uh, New Jersey, the truckers are facing is once you pick up a container and it's emptied at a warehouse and then you have to return the container, um, it's very hard to get an appointment to return the containers and there could be delays of uh, maybe five to seven days just trying to return the empty containers and that's what causes the bottleneck, kind of like a parking garage. If you don't have cars exiting, you can't get cars back in. And where are the primary locations where the ships are dropping off these containers? Well, you have several terminals throughout the country. I mean, you have several terminals in New Jersey. You have Houston. You have um, Savannah. You have L.A. I mean, you have all the Jacksonville, all the, all the key ports uh, throughout the U.S. Before I let you go, Sal, I just want to talk about your um, self-sponsored um, send a student home. Um, tell, tell the folks what you do on your, your um, generosity front. So just a, um, it's really a pay it forward concept that I created. And uh, to briefly summarize it, uh, what we do is that if there's a, uh, a student who can't afford to go home, um, regardless of the location, international or domestic, wherever they live, we'll provide the transportation for them uh, to get to their home uh, with one caveat. We give them the money to find a uh, needy family um, or elderly that needs a holiday meal for Thanksgiving, they will arrange it, we pay for it, um, and, and that's basically it. And we do that with the hope that, you know, many years from now, they'll do the same thing and do it, pay it forward. So that's basically, we'll pay for your transportation, home, uh, whether it be to China, Africa, where it doesn't really matter. Uh, we select a certain amount of students based on a couple of criteria, and um, that's what we do for the Thanksgiving holiday. So, Sal, from Alba Wheels Up International, Brooklyn, New York, uh, born and bred, thank yeah. you for not only being an outstanding Italian-American role model running your company, but for also using your, your money and your, your good works to help others. Thank you. All right. Have a great one. Don't go anywhere, folks. I am there are some times where I'm glad that Alex doesn't follow directions because Sam Bellino wrote um, uh, on the, the, the call sheet here. Nobody knows when you're down and out by Eric Clapton. And he writes in big capital letters, use acoustic version. Now, as <clears throat> far as I know about music, that was not the acoustic version. But Alex, I prefer the electric guitar version to the acoustic version. Well, no so. one can beat Clapton's guitar, and uh, Borzy also pulled the guitar version, which uh, kudos to him. So it was a team effort tonight, as always, on the Idol right, Power well, Hour. I'm, I'm very, I know, you've been working since 3 in the morning when rats were running after you. Exactly. Um, so, you know, as I'm getting dressed for Halloween, uh, this obviously is the official beginning now of the holiday season. Used to be it was Thanksgiving. No, 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 not anymore. Now it's Halloween. Someone's got to have the Christmas party. Someone's got to plan the Christmas party. Where's it going to be? There may still be time to plan one of your holiday parties on the Atlantis yacht from New York Cruises. Captain Fred and the amazing New York Cruises staff will go above and beyond with every detail. 
if you're put in charge of running these events over the next couple of months or even into the spring, which is it's an unbelievable experience, don't hesitate to look up NewYorkCruises.com to get the information or call 212-633-1231. New Year's Eve, uh, that week between Christmas and New Year's, or, or if you're planning a corporate event, a wedding, an engagement party, an anniversary party, reunions, retirements, birthdays, bar mitzvahs, bar mitzvahs, you name it. Call 212-633-1231 to book your unforgettable event today or visit NewYorkCruises.com. The Arthur Idala Power Hour is sponsored in part by the good people at Freehold Mitsubishi in Freehold Township, New Jersey. America's been thunderstruck by the all-new 2022 Mitsubishi Outlander. Get high style without the high price, plus an industry-leading 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain limited warranty. Drive one today at Freehold Mitsubishi for the best selection and outstanding customer service. Just a short ride from anywhere in the metro tri-state area. Visit FreeholdMitsubishi.com or call 732-863-2788. This is Albert Moeller for TownHall.com. The 2022 midterm election is now on us and many Americans are even now voting. We've been hearing all the arguments. I'm sure you felt the acrimony and the division. We've all been living through this most dynamic and often disturbing period of our nation's history. The choices are being discussed. Now the voters of the nation are making their choices, and this is your opportunity and this is your responsibility to weigh in. In contest after contest across the nation, voters face a choice between individual politicians. But it is also, in most cases, a contest between political parties and all that those parties stand for. Beyond that is a contest of ideas. It is a battle of worldviews. It's an oft-repeated adage, but elections have consequences. Ideas matter, worldviews matter, and elections matter. Whether you vote early or wait to go to the polls on November the 8th, make sure your vote is a part of the 2022 election. Please, so much is at stake. Don't sit this out. Syracuse football remains ranked, now number 16, and Notre Dame visits the Dome for the first time in nearly 20 years. It's Saturday with a noon kickoff. Join us for Orange Pregame at 11 on AM 970, The Answer. New York's home for Syracuse University football. Kevin McCullough is next on AM 970, The Answer. Must be some kind of way out of here. Say the joker to the thief. There's too much confusion. Okay. Mm. I want to talk a little bit about radio history. I'll let Joan talk about it as well. Hi, Joan. Hi, Arthur. Um, so this morning as I was taking Luca to school and I, and I had the radio on. And I guess... I had the AM radio on and was getting staticky and then it was 1010 wins and I was like, oh, 1010 wins. Today is Thursday. Do you know what happened today? No, what? It was pretty, it was, no, it's, it's like real radio history. Um, so I put on 92.3, uh-huh. which was WKTU back yes. in the day. Oh my God, the disco dance music. was right. Then, I can see it was, you dancing with then hair. It, <laughs> then, it was, then it was K-Rock and K-Rock. Howard Stern. He left there to, to go to, to go Sirius. To Sirius. 
uh, I forget it was, it was like a top 40 thing for a little bit. Yes. And then for a while now, it's been the Alt 92 where they play like the Cure. Yes, it is. And all. It's not, got a yellow logo. It's super cool. Not anymore. <gasps> so what I listened, happened? I listened to the last hour and they had like all of the DJs on from the whole that normally you know are on all day, all night long. It was their goodbye segment. Again, another one bites the dust. Another one bites the dust. I know um, they didn't play that song. They played a Beastie Boys song, the New York, I forget what it's called, New York Salute or New York, I don't know, film oh, somebody. Man. Um They played a couple of Foo Fighters songs. Each DJ got to play their own song to sign off. And then at 8.50, they played another New York City song that I didn't know. I apologize because I was actually talking to Mike Jacarino and listening at the same time, conferencing a call, and I was multitasking. And then at around 8.50, the woman from 1010 Wins came on with their program director, who's from Brooklyn, New York, an Italian guy from, from Brooklyn, Brooklyn, New York. And it was a historic moment because now 1010 Wins is broadcast on 1010 Wins and 92.3. Um, so are they going to play alternative music as well as news? Nope, it's all news. Oh. Um, I don't know if it's got to do, and we got to ask Lauren Fix. I think in these electric cars, you can't get AM stations because of, of static or something like that. I don't know if it's a choice by oh, Tesla. We're going to find out for Monday. We're going to find out for Monday. To have a great Thursday night, everybody. Welcome to FM Radio Stage Radio Dial 1010 Wins. We're off to the Friars Club. We will see you tomorrow as you exit with the Pet Shop Boys. Always on my mind. The preceding program, sponsored by Freehold Mitsubishi. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.